So, so typically the way we do this is only daily wears monitors, wears headphones for this. Mm. Monitors. Look at us. Yeah. Three clicks south of here. <laughs> um, but today I brought a splitter and I'm wearing headphones. Daily is loud. I'm uh, not quiet. Which also makes me think that perhaps he's a little deaf. I'm also not sober, so well, that's probably contributing. Yes, he's got the yellings. I do. I got the yells. I got a case of the yells. Oh, yeller. <laughs> Don't cry at the end. Another episode of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily, and joining me this week, as always, is my partner in post-traumatic crime, Bartholomew Devon. Hello, Bart. Hi. Is that like post-noir crime? That is like crime? post-noir crime, but uh, you know, there's a lot more uh, crying and shooting involved. You know what's weird about this? What's that? I'm, I'm like Wolverine because <laughs> the mic, like with these mics and headphones, I can hear better than I can normally hear. <laughs> Bart, you can hear everything this week. I can hear week. everything. I can hear everything. I hear dead people. I smell dead people. <laughs> uh, so uh, this week we're talking First Blood. We are uh, be- begun our... We are begun. That's right. I Look, I've had a few beers. Uh, oh, I I'm, think that's all right. I'm not actually. sober. We are begun our Rambo rewatch. Uh, well, it's at least it's a rewatch for me. I, I forget where we left off with this part. Have you? Which, which, if any of these, have you seen before? All right, I for sure have seen at least part of First Blood before today. Okay. Um, I don't. I mean, I've, I'm sure I've seen part of one of the middling jungle ones at some point. Right, because they were on TV a lot. Yeah, you days. wander into them, you see it a half hour I here mean, and there, whatever. Which is enough to impart me with the knowledge that Rambo's a badass yeah. who goes into the jungle, puts a red thing on his head, and shoots people. Yeah, exactly. At the very least, you've seen UHF, you get the reference. Yes, of course. Um, I certainly have not seen the newest one with all the steroids. Oh, okay, so, well, I'm looking forward to that one because my assertion going into this is that the first one and the last ones are the ones that are worth owning. Uh, and I'm curious to revisit the middle two. I know the third one is pretty much just, like, utter shit. Uh, but I think the second one might be okay. I think the second one might, like, have some value to it. Um, but that's, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to discovering that. The real point of this Rambo-a-thon is for Daly to figure out whether he should buy the box set or just the two extremes. Right. I look, in the end, I think I'm probably going to end up buying, oh no, it is, okay, so it's like 28 bucks. So maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just get the first and last one. The fir- if I buy the first and the last one on Blu-ray from Amazon, it's like 15 bucks. Not even, in fact. It's like 12 bucks. If I buy the full box set, it's like 30 bucks. So I might just end up buying the first and the last one. We'll see. We'll see. That's what this experiment's all about, at least for the moment. So... <laughs> Important uh, consumer advice from the daily screening. You're welcome. Uh, but before we get into all things Rambo, uh, we're going to talk some news. Oh, right. As we do. Uh, so a couple of interesting stories from this past week. Um, first of all, just, this happened just today, in fact. Mm. Uh, so a few a few weeks ago, uh, Don Pardo, who was the voice of Saturday Night Live, the guy who says, 
who, who mm-hmm, introduces mm-hmm. all the cast at the beginning of every episode, he passed away a couple couple weeks ago, earlier in the summer. I raised my beer. Yeah, pour one out for Don Pardo. All right. Um, he's an Emerson grad, in fact. He's a, he's local. So, um, so that was very sad. And you know, we're getting close to the uh, beginning of uh, the fortieth season of Saturday Night Live. That's some crazy. That shit. That is some crazy shit. So there's been this question of who was going to replace Don Pardo, um, and you know how how they were going to handle that. Um, they announced today, Daryl Hammond is actually going to come back. He's going to be the voice of the show now. Weird. Daryl Hammond, the longest-running cast member of Saturday Night Live ever. Uh, and he, so he'll, he'll be coming back just to, do the, just to do the announcements, just to do the voice of the show. I mean, I feel like there's no... You don't bring Daryl Hammond in just to read off the cast members every night. Like There's going to be something. Yeah, I, at the very least, I assume... I expect to see him show up on camera in the season premiere. I mean that seems like almost a foregone conclusion. Perhaps he will do maybe yeah. maybe instead of even just, if only as himself, even yeah. if he only says, "Hey, I'm hey, I'm stepping in for Don or something like that," you know, like no, no, no. I, I, perhaps what they have in mind is instead of just announcing everything, he will do it in a voice every week. Oh, I find that unlikely. Maybe once in a while. I mean, maybe. I feel like he. They, that's just like, hey, we want to bring. I mean, Daryl Hammond, great, a, I mean, great SNL cast member. Yeah. I mean, right up there. That there was that whole Grantland uh, best SNL cast member bracket that was going around for a that couple weeks. That was weird. Yeah. Well, that that whole bracket system was laid out in a bizarre manner, um, in a way that almost seemed so that Will Ferrell was destined to win that thing. Mm. Um, Did but he? yeah, yeah, like handily. Uh, it was. It turned. It came down to uh, Will Ferrell versus uh, Phil Hartman. And Phil Hartman also certainly yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I mean, on the internet, Will Ferrell is a god, and right, you know, but, mm. the, I feel like the people who would vote for Phil Hartman are not the people who are voting on an internet poll yes. on the Grantland website. Correct. So, um. Wrong but Daryl Hammond absolutely, you know, he absolutely belongs in that conversation. But at the same time, you know, what's Daryl Hammond doing these days? Not I much. I have no idea. Not much. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, you got to figure that's probably a pretty low intensity job for him. I don't know if he's lives. He lives in New York. I mean, I, I, I suppose he lives in New York if he's going to be doing this. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, that's what he comes in. He reads out the cast every saturday night and he got that's literally two minutes of work and he goes home most weeks basically Not so bad. i would do it so yeah i mean what's and and you know and it's coming back to to the family a little bit so yeah you, you gotta love that yeah bart what are your feelings on the born identity franchise the borns i haven't seen them you haven't seen any of them i don't think so it's been on my list for years. Ooh. Oh, I know. Oh, I see where you're going. Okay. Ooh, that's that's actually surprising information. I feel like you might kind of like them. Are we going to include the one with Legolas? Legolas is in one. Uh, oh, yes. Okay, Legolas <laughs> is in one. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Sarcastic Legolas. Yes, uh, uh, Jeremy up. Renner. Clench Je- up Legolas. Yeah, Jeremy Renner, whose name I have these, like, I... I don't know why. I don't know what it is about that fucking guy. But every once in a while, I try to tell a story that has something to do with Jeremy Renner, and I constantly blank on his name. Yeah. Now so it's like I, a thing. No, I will go so days without being able to remember his fucking name. It's crazy. You know what's weird? I do too. I can't think of his name. And more to the point, just now when I was trying to think of the name Hawkeye, all I could come up with was scapegoat. <laughs> I was like, that's not correct. <laughs> that is not what his name is. Though that is a great name for a 
superheroes, right? <laughs> they are bringing the tick back, right? Should he be a superhero? Or should he be a supervillain? I kind of feel like he should be a supervillain. Scapegoat? He should be the sidekick to a supervillain. Oh, that's that's brilliant. Right? Oh, man. Uh, so, so no. So, yeah. So, we've, we had three Matt Damon uh, Bourne movies. The first one's directed by Doug Liman, and then the second two are Paul Greengrass. Um, and that was really sort of the beginning of the Damon Greengrass sort of bromance. Those guys, you know, yep. those two love each other. To the point that when they said, oh, we want to do another, a fourth one, um, they didn't bring back Greengrass, so Damon took a walk uh, and said, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore, yeah. um, which is how we ended up with a Legolas version. Right. Um, now, Was uh, it crap? I haven't seen it. That's the only one I haven't seen. The Ew. first three I own, okay. uh, but I still haven't gotten around to seeing, uh, seeing Jeremy Renner's. Um, and I hear it's not very good. Um, Are it's, you surprised? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, like... He- He's not much of an actor, is he? No, he's actually pretty good. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't seen him in anything other other than Avengers. Well, yeah. No, he's he's actually pretty good. He he did a really good uh, bit on Louis this past season. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm a season behind on Louis right now. So. He did a really great uh, run on Louis. Uh, he, I believe, he stepped in, or the this has never really been confirmed, but. Philip Seymour Hoffman was supposed to play a role mm. uh, on Louis, mm-hmm. and then he he died, and uh, Jeremy Renner. And so the sort of consensus is that he stepped in and took Philip Seymour Hoffman's role. He mm. took the role that Hoffman was supposed to do. Um, and he's great. He's really good. Yeah. Um, he's also really good in the town. Uh, which I haven't seen. Either. Oh, it's, it's great. It's my my roommate has it. Yeah. No, up. it's. I mean, it's. I, I enjoy that. I mean, look, any any local Bostonian, you know, you love you love that movie. Yeah. Um, but Renner's really good in it. Okay. Um, but no, I heard I I I hear, or at least you know, the consensus seems to be that his his Bourne movie is not that great, and a lot of it has to do not necessarily with Renner, but um, that they kind of took took the franchise in a weird sideways direction because he's not playing the same character right right they're not even trying to pretend that he's playing a different guy who's like also in the program with jason Bourne. um and there's like i think from what i understand they uh perhaps the fatal flaw of that movie is that they try to essentially uh midichlorian jason Bourne. like they try to explain why he's such an awesome secret agent and it has something to do with like chems and genetic engineering or something i don't i don't fucking know oh good so uh but i'm you know i'm still kind of curious i'll you know i'll check it out um i would be totally okay watching all those because i own the first three and i haven't watched them in forever okay um and they're they're all pretty solid i especially remember liking the third one a lot so um but uh the you know it seems like uh we're gonna get another a fifth born movie and that paul greengrass and Matt Damon are coming back. Um, oh, Damon's whole thing was always that you know he didn't want to do these movies without Paul Greengrass. So he said, you know, basically, you know, you get Greengrass to come back, and you know, then come back and talk to me, and then maybe I'll come back as well. And it seems like that's happening. But it looks like they're not going to throw away the Jeremy Renner verse of it either. These are basically going to become sort of like parallel. Oh god, are they going to keep making those things. too? Well, they already had a Renner movie, a Renner sequel in development. With uh, Justin Lin supposed to direct, he did the last couple of uh, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious movies, yeah. and um, I don't think I don't think they're gonna trash those. I think those are still being developed, but they're also they're I I, I think they're gonna start intersecting. Perhaps they're gonna what start are, weaving the two together. What are all the names? So there's the Born Identity. There's the Born Supremacy. 
there's the Born Ultimatum. Those are the uh, the three Damon movies, and yeah. then uh, Renner's is the Born Legacy. There's no Born Conspiracy. Well, there are some other books as well, <laughs> so there might be a Born Conspiracy book. That wouldn't surprise me. That's certain. There, there are there are a couple of books. There's Robert Ludlum books, but then somebody else took them over because Ludlum's dead. I'm pretty sure. So you know, what I hope there are a couple make? of other Born books after that. You know what I hope they make? What do you hope they make? I hope they make they integrate the inevitable time travel. Oh yeah, and they send him back to the Civil War. The Born Paradox. No, the Born Confederacy. The Born Confederacy. Oh, I would watch the hell out of that movie. <laughs> Are you kidding? They could they could do a crossover with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, ooh. Oh, right. Now you're talking my language, sir. Goddamn right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's something to get kind of excited about. Nothing, none of this stuff's gonna happen for a while. I mean, we're talking like 2016, 2017. We're a couple years out here. You know why I never saw the the Born movies? Why is that? I don't love Matt Damon. Really? Yeah, I just find him kind of annoying. Oh, no, I think he's good. I mean, he has... I I really enjoy Dogma. Yeah. I obviously really like The Departed. Yeah. But I'm having a problem, and it's my mother. Oh, oh, oh do tell, sir. Do you, well, okay. I also don't love Ben Affleck. Well, I think those two are fairly... De- I know they get lumped together, but I think you can like you one without the other. My mother refers to both of them oh, Jesus. as Damon Affleck. <laughs> Which actually... And the thing is that once you hear that, you can't unhear it. And then you start to... like You, you can't remember. You blur what, the lines. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, look at this morose motherfucker right here. This looks like somebody's shit in his cereal. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I like Damon a lot, actually. Um, I think he's got some... I think he's got some... I think he's got some chops. Um, he's also got a great sense of humor, I feel like. I mean, Affleck does, too, in a really goofy well, kind when, of way. That's but... the thing, is when they're being funny, yeah. I like them just fine. Yeah. It's when they're trying to be serious that I just can't. Well, the Bourne movies are really kind of what put Damon on the map as, like, an action star. Uh, I know. Before that, it was sort of, I mean, he was, yeah, you do some drama, hey, talented Mr. Ripley. But, now this is really what sort of put him, you know, made him a viable action lead. Um, and I mean, I think it really altered his career in a big way. Whereas like Affleck tried to do the same thing in a bunch of, you know, far less successful movies. Did he, or did he not appear as Jack Ryan at one point? Affleck did. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that work? In a very unsuccessful Jack Ryan movie. I was going to say. Yeah. Then again, Chris Pine's Jack Ryan movie wasn't much more successful. Oh, I forgot he was Jack Ryan. Yeah, I did too. I, I mean, I haven't seen that that one yet. No, that one I haven't seen. Although the one with Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Kenneth uh... Branagh plays an evil Russian. Yeah. He also directs that movie. He also directed Thor. Yeah. Dutch angles in every which way. So I really want to check that one out at some point. Put it on the list. I know, right? Um, I think you might dig the Bourne movies because the Bourne movies have all of them really, or at least the first two, have really good car chases. I do like love really good car chases. I do love me a good car chase. Yeah. I, like, I think at the very least you'll, you'll walk away enjoying those bits. Um, there's, there's really good action. It's a, I think it was sort of the one of the first big um, entries in the sort of action shaky cam genres. You know, like it was it really kind of put. I don't love shaky cam. No, I know, but at this like this is one thing. Like you watch it now and you're like, ah, oh, shaky cam. At the time, it was like innovative. It was like, oh wow, no, it kind of feels like I'm in that fight. You know, like 
it that was the goal that it was and you're like oh yeah no it's cool and then like if you know it's like uh uh matrix you know it's like yeah. oh bullet time was amazing the first time you saw it and it then still kind of is no i mean it's great but then like five years later it was like yeah now it's in a fucking horror parody and it's like not unique or interesting in any way and you just right. get bored with it right so i remember I, I remember the moment that bullet time died for me is that the uh mark Wahlberg max Payne movie <laughs> No, thankfully I missed that one. Good, good call. I, as a general rule of practice, try to avoid movies that are based on video games. That's a, that's probably a good rule to have. Yeah. No, no. The moment Bullet Time died was in Charlie's Angels. Oh God. One of them. What? Well, yeah. No, those whole movies are pretty unfortunate. Something about seeing, what's her name, from ET. <laughs> what's her name from ET? Drew Barrymore? Yes, thank you. As, it's been a while since I've heard Drew Barrymore <laughs> referred to as What's Her Name from E.T. How did you go to E.T. first? That's it's, amazing. Because it's the best movie she ever made. I would have gone with What's Her Name from Firestarter. That's what I would have gone with. What's the best movie that Drew Barrymore was ever in? I mean, yeah, look, it's probably E.T. It's E.T. Donnie Darko? <laughs> oh, she was. She produced I forgot, that movie. I, I always forget that she's in that. Yeah. And Noah Wiley. Yeah. And Noah. And Noah fucking Wiley. Cellar yeah. door. <laughs> I'm pretentious. <laughs> That's true. That's not untrue. I mean, I've worked with English teachers, and they're not like that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, something about seeing Drew Barrymore doing Bullet Time. Yeah. Just. No. Yeah, no. It doesn't. It's it's de- over. It doesn't jump the shark. That, that was skydives the, the shark. Yeah, that was the day the music. That well, I also think that the bullet time involved her going out of a window or something and like falling seven stories. Oh yeah, yeah. No, those movies were egregious in they their abuse of bullet time. They weren't good. No. Is that? Wait a minute. That might. That it's might have G. been. No, no. I I know it was fucking McG. But uh, I feel like that was the one with Crispin Glover. Which was like a, a lovely moment of insanity in an yeah. otherwise shitty movie. Yeah, I think that's the first one with Crispin that's Glover. That's what we should do is a Crispin Glover-a-thon. <laughs> we should do a Crispin Glover-a-thon not including Back to the Future movies. We should do a Sans Back to the Future Crispin Glover-a-thon. Which is basically Charlie's Angels and Willard. Um, and Bartleby. And Bartleby. Which is like Willard without the rats. Correct. <laughs> He had to have been in some other things. He had an epic uh, appearance on uh, The Late Show with David Letterman mm-hmm. in which he completely melted down on camera and, like, ran, like, screaming off the stage. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's just, it's like, going absolutely out of his mind, and David Letterman has no idea what to do with him. He's just sitting there staring at him like, oh, okay, sir, I don't know what's wrong with you, but this is a television show. Oh it's God. incredible. I've never seen another human being so uncomfortable. It's awesome. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, King Kong. Uh, the, so one of the big surprises coming out of if it's uh, not if it's not a remake of King Kong versus Godzilla, <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. I'm not interested. Well, okay, so it's not a King Kong remake. Um, okay. but one of the big surprises coming out of Comic Con was uh that Legendary Pictures had essentially got the rights, scooped, scooped up the rights, yeah. and that they were developing 
a King Kong-ish movie that they were simply calling Skull Island. Um, and so right. it wasn't the classic story of explorers who find him and bring him back to New York and on the Empire State Building and the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. but simply, you know, a further exploration of Skull Island. Uh, where that falls chronologically, is this like a period piece that it takes place before he comes to New York? Is this a completely separate thing in the modern day? People find this island and they just never leave the island. When did Legendary become the Kaiju Network? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm okay with it. So am I. They have, I have but they have no problem. They, with I mean, they they have the rights now to those three big franchises: yeah, King Kong, Pacific Rim, and Godzilla. Yeah, and that's all wonderful. Well, I in mean, my book. I feel like we need to start bringing back the other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we need to get the creature from the back from the Black Lagoon. Sure. I mean, why not? Well, creature from the Black Lagoon. That's a Universal monster. They're actually developing that, those as well. Oh, um, okay. They're the Universal's trying to bring back all of their classic monsters in a. Oh, that's right. Marvel esque shared universe. So, at you know, so they're starting with the Mummy. Um, my guess is after that we'll get, I mean, probably returns. Dracula or Frankenstein, uh, maybe the Wolfman, probably not the Wolfman only because the Benicio del Toro one is probably still fresh enough in people's minds. I'm going to go with Frankenstein. I think they'd probably go with Frankenstein next because there's a shitty Dracula movie coming in mm. like a couple of months and like, and I think in October. Um, so there's a shitty Dracula movie on the horizon. Uh, nobody's really done a Frankenstein movie in, in a long time. Yeah. So I think they'll start with them. They're definitely starting with the mummy. I think they're probably, I, I would put money on Frankenstein being after that. And then maybe Dracula, Wolfman, but Creature from the Black Lagoon is is in when that was, ensemble. When was the last time you watched Coppola's Dracula? Oh, was, uh, childhood. Was, really? Yeah, I've oh, watched man. it in ages. I watched it a year ago, maybe. Yeah, it's great. I yeah, I should watch that again. Do you have it? No, I do not. I'm surprised actually. Well, I want to do a lot more horror stuff in October. I mean, I know it's late September and we're embarking on this Rambothon, but uh, true. But I want to do a lot of – I want to wa- just to the very least just watch a lot of horror stuff. I have the Universal Classic Monster box set that I bought last year after mm-hmm. Halloween, and I haven't gotten around to watching any of them uh, since I bought it. So I want to watch a couple, a yeah. couple this Halloween. So, um, But, uh, but yeah, no, so Legendary is developing this, this sort of Skull Island King Kong movie, and they just announced this week that uh, Mr. Hiddleston, Loki himself, mm. will be uh, the main character. Will be will be our human lead of which of of Skull Island. Oh, okay. So again, we still don't know what sort of period this is set in. We don't know what what character he's playing. Is he uh, you know is he an explorer? Is he you know an adventurer? Like well, no, nobody knows you know. But uh, he's gonna be the guy. So it's Loki versus King Kong. That's that's how this is gonna play out. Mm. I mean, Meh? sure, Meh? sure. Why not? I like I like him. I mean, I he's. I think Hiddleston is enormously talented. Well, yeah, and hasn't really appeared in a lot of big sort well, the of real... American stuff other than Marvel. Well, the question is: Is this going to be the time where we find out whether he can? I hope it's not the time where we find out whether he can single-handedly hold up a shitty script. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Exhibit A, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't look. I don't. I don't. I mean, yeah. He's, he's certainly a guy who he has not unlike Cumberbatch, you know, like he's got his rabid sort of fans mm-hmm. because there are like, there are people who just, they love them some Loki. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Hiddleston is a very good-looking man, you know? He's got cheekbones for days. Uh, but, like, when we went to see uh, Avengers, I think? Yeah, I think when we... Well, we did... When we went to see Avengers, it was part of the, like, all-day right. Marvel marathon of all of Phase 1. And so, you know, it's like 11 in the morning until midnight, basically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were people dressed up in costume. It was really fun. And there were a lot of people dressed as Loki. And they were mostly ladies. Uh, who love them okay. some Loki, who love them some Hiddleston. All right. Um, and I was like, really? Loki? I didn't know there were that many Loki fans. And then I was like, oh, no, wait. It's it's just Tom Hiddleston. They just like Tom Hiddleston. That's mm. fine. And that's I look, that's fine. That's great. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see him really kind of anchor a movie. We haven't, yeah. we haven't really seen that yet. So um, this is certainly a big step up for him. And it's, again, you know, this is a, this is a big old franchise too. So, yeah. um, you know, it's not like this is a one and done. If, if this thing works, then yeah, I expect we'll see, we'll see more King Kong entries. Um, it's Tell me not, it's not officially a prequel. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope, I hope not. I don't really, I kind of want it to still be a period piece to a certain degree um because king kong feels very much like a period character you know he does like having him in the modern day seems kind of weird um but at the same time i future cross him over with planet of the apes well i was gonna say at the same time because that would be awesome i want to no, i want to see him i i do want to see him battle godzilla i do want to see a king kong godzilla crossover Uh, he's nowhere near big enough i mean well not to this new godzilla well i mean they could make him bigger they're, if they're gonna do a total reboot, they could make him bigger if they wanted to. He'd have to be pretty fucking big. He would have to be pretty fucking big, but you know, maybe he could be. Maybe I don't. He could be small and wiry. Do you, he's, okay. He's he's he's. I don't he's think he's quick on his feet. Do you do you honestly believe we're gonna see any crossing over of any of these kinds well, of franchises? I I mean, I really uh, don't. I mean, probably not. I mean, it's not on. It's not unprecedented for sure. But well, no, I know it that does, it does seem unlikely. I mean, you're see the thing is you can't you can't cross over Pacific Rim. I mean, I feel like Pacific Rim. No, Pacific Godzilla, Rim is going to be its own beast. I mean, for sure. <laughs> see, see what I, I did there. I, I do see what you did there. But well, that's all I got for news. Yeah. Any, I mean, any? it's it's September. It's it's September. It's a slow month. That's fine. But I'm really looking forward to uh, horror so, October. See what September is? Yeah. It's everybody's hangover from the summer movies. It's true. It literally it literally is. That's why Guardians was you know number one until this past week. In fact, it's the first time in like a better part of a month that Guardians was not the number one at the box office. Really? Yeah. What was it now? Uh, no Good Deed, starring uh, Idris Elba and Tarashi P. Henson. A movie I've never heard of. It's like a home invasion movie. He's like a possible serial killer, and uh, he like breaks into a woman's home and she's got kids home and it's like she's got to protect her kids and that sounds stupid yeah it does i don't um, think it's I don't, I don't i don't think it's very good okay well oh you know what i have a, I have a question for you yeah go for it i feel like one of the worse i feel like one of the worst movie critiquing mm. i think it was mtv let's be honest okay sure um i feel like they did some sort of interview with Pacino of all people mm. and he made some kind of oblique reference to really enjoying Guardians yeah yeah and, and so, the Marvel verse and and I don't know I mean they were they were trying to twist his words uh, no 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 I, well no I heard that I saw that too um I wanted to ask you uh you know and it's funny because I've been working on or I've been I've been ruminating on a uh, a piece for a couple of days you know 
whether or not Pacino is back, basically. Whether or not Pacino's like mounting a comeback. Where did he go? Well, I mean, he's been kind of laying low. He did like uh, uh, the Jack uh, Kevorkian TV movie and the Phil Spector TV movie. Like he's been doing some solid work on TV for HBO for mm-hmm. a couple of years now, um, but he hasn't really been a real presence in a movie in a while. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the last time I actually saw him in a movie was in that fucking awful jack and jill that fucking adam sandler movie where he played his own fat twin sister what yeah oh, oh yeah oh. yeah and pacino like plays himself i think um but uh yeah so he's been he's been kind of laying low for a while but doing really solid work on tv and you know i got the chance to go watch uh the godfather first two godfather movies in the theater for the first time first time i've ever seen them in a theater yeah uh but you know, it reminded me, man, just how much I love young Pacino. I mean, he is just When's the last time you incredible in those movies. Uh, it's been a while. I own it, but I haven't watched it in a little bit. I, I watched it about a year ago. I grabbed it from the library. Yeah. It's so good. Jamie got it for me for my birthday yeah. when I turned 30, I think. She bought me all movies that came out the year I was born. So, oh. uh, Scarface uh and she remember like four of them one of them was scarface and one of them was jaws three uh <laughs> and i can't remember what the other the other two were now. well those are obviously the well best yeah ones. no i mean those are those are great movies so um but no so he's got uh he's got a movie that was been was playing at some festivals uh recently called the humbling mm. uh where he is you know a little autobiographical i guess but mm. it's you know he's an older actor who is past his prime and Birdman. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and he, you know, has an affair with a younger lady, and he has to go. He's an alcoholic, and he has to go to treatment and the whole thing. Um, and it looked pretty good. Uh, it's got a great cast. It's written by fucking Buck Henry. Um, <laughs> so like, I it, it looked it looked pretty good, and it looked like more importantly, you know, Pacino seemed engaged. It looked like he was actually giving a shit. Mm. Um, which again, aside from his HBO work, I don't remember the last time I saw that in a movie. Is so he, is he going to be in Expendables four? I, I well, I would be okay with that, <laughs> but um, but he's also supposed to be doing this. Uh, you know, and this is always with a grain of salt, but he's supposed to be doing this movie uh, for Scorsese uh, called The Irishman, uh, and I think I think De Niro is supposed to be in it too. Actually, oh really? Yeah. Um, and this is a movie they've been tossing around for a while now. Um, and look, Scorsese's always got, you know, 10 movies on his plate constantly. So, yeah. you know, he talks about making this movie, if it ever happens, you know, it might not happen for five more years. Who knows? So, yeah. um, but, you know, but, and then, and then, yeah. And then he was giving these comments saying, oh, no, I think Guardians is an is like my favorite movie this year. And, and I would love to be in a Marvel movie. And, and I would love to see Pacino in a Marvel movie. That would Are be you crazy. fucking kidding me? That'd be amazing. I don't even know who he would be, though. I don't care. He could be whoever the fuck he wants. <laughs> I just, I just want to see him appear in the Marvel <laughs> universe. It's amazing. So, no, I, I mean, I love the idea of him. He could play opposite Howard the Duck. Oh, well, I would love to see. How about let's get him as Howard the Duck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jesus. Instead of Seth Green. Yeah, we're missing a golden opportunity there. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just, I love the idea of him actually sort of reengaging with Hollywood a little bit and and sort of putting him, putting himself on the scene a little bit. I think I think that's really exciting to me. Mm. That's incredibly exciting. How I mean, old is he now? I mean, he's got to be. Oh, I mean, he's got to be he's, pushing 70. I was going to say, is he 70 yet? Internet, tell us. Let's let's try the series. Oh no. 
How old is Al Pacino? I don't see Al Pacino in your contact. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's, let's do the Googles. Hold on. Turn the volume up. How old is Al Pacino? Al Pacino is 74 years old. 74. All right. He has the same birthday as my father. That's, uh, but, yeah. but he's older. Also, I want you to look at the picture that they have. Like, so. <laughs> okay, so for reasons unknown, <laughs> the card that Google pops up has Al Pacino. Yeah. And then a number of actors underneath them. Can you? They're four. Can you guess who they are? De Niro. Yes. Uh. Brando. No. Uh. Walken. Yes. All right. Uh oh. Is the last one Alan Arkin? No. Ugh. No, it's Jack and Sylvester. Stallone and Nicholson. Yeah, De Niro, <laughs> Stallone, Nicholson, and Walken. And I want you to see the pictures that Google is using for them. I like to believe that if Google has a contact list somewhere in the sky, <laughs> these are the contact pictures for these actors. These are their profile pics? There you go, buddy. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Okay, so Pacino looks like a transvestite <laughs> with way too much rouge. Uh, Walken <laughs> has hair that is approximately nine feet tall. It's, um, it's got Egon hair. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Nicholson. Holy shit. Nicholson looks like he's sucking a dick at first glance. Uh, it doesn't help that there is a, a, an oblong penile-shaped it's object a, it's a coming cigar. Out. No, he's smoking a cigar. He's blowing smoke rings out of cigar, but it looks like he's about to deep throat Christopher Walken. It's so awkward. Oh my god! And uh, and Sylvester <laughs> Stallone is just looking very dapper. He's got he's got a little goatee. He's he's tucked. He's on the red carpet. Uh, De Niro looks homeless. <laughs> De Niro <laughs> looks like he hasn't shaved in a month. Uh, he looks like he doesn't even know what a comb is, let alone what it does. Um, yeah, that's... you know some Google intern decided yeah, Jesus. <laughs> like they're punking all these people who are too old to Google themselves. <laughs> Good Christ! Yes, it's very that's, weird. That's incredible. Uh, well, I think that probably wraps up our new segment. Um, I think I think we got you know look Stallone. Google wants us to talk about Stallone. <laughs> I mean, there's no bigger sign than that. So, uh, so so let's talk some fucking Rambo. All right. Well, let, I, I want your I want your you know your quick impressions here like ov- overall i mean this you said you, it's probably your first time watching it all the way through you think right Prob- probably yeah so gut um, reaction i knew that it was going to be dark and all about ptsd okay I, that's I, good i knew that i did not know that 98 percent of the movie was going to be completely unmotivated <laughs> <laughs> how so there is no reason for him to be do for any of them to be doing any of the things that they're doing. Yeah, it does he, sort of feel like heightened reality. They, they blow up South Park. <laughs> it's like this quiet little mountain town. It's true. And they it just does feel kind of like South Park. Yeah. And they just fucking destroy it. Yeah. For no reason. For no reason. Well, you know, it's cinematic and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I. So look, you're you're coming in already uh, a step over me 
because the first time that I watched this, I had no idea what movie I was walking into. My only impressions of Rambo were him running in the jungle. Yeah, were like you know the second with a, with and third a piece version. of a red yeah. dress. Really, it was it was that scene from UHF with Weird Al, you yeah, know, and right. the, the, that was really that that's what I thought Rambo was, and so well, it mostly is exactly. And so when I started this movie, and it like very quickly was. Like, no, this is a fucking real human guy who's got some fucked up stuff in his past. Like, like the con- I didn't even – the idea of him being like a burnt-out Vietnam vet and going through PTSD and, you know, the relationship between Vietnam vets and their homecoming and, you know, not only just civilians but law enforcement. Now, like, I had no idea what I was walking into when yeah. the first time I watched this movie. Yeah. And it totally blew me away. And I actually kind of – you know, I prefer that in a way. Well, so many, so often, you know, you you when you come to a movie really late in the game, you sort of have uh, expectations that that come along with it or associations. Right. Um, so, like for example, like weird weird connection to draw, but when I think about this kind of thing, I always think of like American Pie. Ugh. American Pie, a movie that you know. It became hugely popular and like incredibly quotable and everyone was talking about it and at the time i think we were literally in high school when that movie came out and i remember seeing like yeah i don't know i don't really think it's my thing like whatever i didn't really see it and uh so i didn't see it until probably at least a year or so later mm. and you know by that point i already knew all of you know all of the big scenes and all of the big quote lines like and this one time at band camp and right you know all, like everything really and it's a shame because that movie is actually really good that first movie is really clever and the band camp joke is so perfectly executed that if you don't know the punchline at the end of the movie then like it's excellent it is so well laid out that it will like if you don't see if you don't know that it's coming it will completely cut your knees out from under you and just absolutely destroy you. Like I can just see that joke killing at the theater when that was a new movie. Mm. Uh, and by, you know, watching it a year, it's like, Oh, I recognize that this is a well-constructed joke, but I've been waiting for it the whole movie. So it's not as funny. Right. You know? Right. Um, I love those moments. I had one yesterday. Yeah. And this will mean nothing to you. Okay. But in House of Cards. House of Cards, okay. There's a moment. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, what the, whoa, what the fuck, what the fuck? Yeah. Just like that. That, well, I'm, yeah, that was, uh, I, yeah, okay. I'm looking forward to having that reaction. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, but this, I feel like it's kind of the opposite in a way, you know? Like, mm. my thoughts about this movie or my, my preconceptions about this movie were so completely off base from what the first installment actually is that it it was like as if it was a brand new movie. It was like I was yeah. seeing it for the first time in well, 1982. The re- well, the reason why I knew that is because I've seen bits of it. At the very right. least, I've seen bits of it. I think I've, I think what I remember, like I remember coming in, you know, at the end when Troutman's in the in the police station, I yeah. guess, with him. Um, and I remember seeing that dialogue. Oh, sure. Which is a weird time to walk into that movie because... You remember the very end there? The very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that yeah. is an odd part to It's a very weird into. moment to come in. Yeah. Because um, it loses all of its delicacy. Yeah. Just like, I don't... What? Rambo? Um, can we talk about uh, Stallone's physique in this movie? 
It's fucking ripped. That for I mean, I think he's roided out of his mind, is what I think. That initial scene where he's in the police station and they are stripping him so that they can, you know, hit him with shower him with the hose, mm-hmm. and he takes off his shirt and his shoulders and his chest are fucking huge. Well, and yeah. his waist is like the size of my wrist. His stomach is like concaved. His stomach goes inside of itself and yeah. then comes back out at his hip bones. The spatial it's anomaly. Nuts. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. Like that is not a human body. <laughs> Actual human people are not supposed to look like that. That's Granted. just fucking bonkers. Well, but don't forget, he was also up to his eyeballs in, in Rocky at this point. Yeah, we were talking about that. He is at least two Rocky movies in, maybe even a third Rocky movie in it. I think this third Rocky movie came out in 83, so I think he's sort of mid-Rocky. I mean, I point. remember... I mean, I feel like if for, for Stallone, I mean, I feel like he was always really jacked in all his movies, which is why when Copland came out, yeah. everyone was like, oh my god, Fat Stallone! Well, he's not super ripped in the first Rocky movie. I mean, like, he's no, muscular, no, right, but he's right. also, like, I don't want to no, call know, him but... doughy, but he's not, like, and you, and we'll watch the Rocky movies, and you'll see that shift, because in the first oh, yeah. one, he's, he's stocky, and he's, like, built, but he's not, like, sculpted, and it, like, slowly goes down and down and down until, like, they get to the third and the fourth movies, and he is, like, cut, and you're like, okay, where are the needles immediately off camera? Right, well, I mean, I mean those training sequences. Oh, especially yeah. Especially in Rocky IV. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, Bust so, out the, <laughs> break out the foreigner. Yeah, right. Here oh, we go. Jesus. Um, this is a movie that really wants to talk about, you know, I mean, it's, it's 82, so it's many years removed from Vietnam at this point. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, this is a movie that it, it, it really wants to deal with vietnam vets and and soldiers and ptsd and what happens when they you know they they sort of come into their own in this environment where you know just like he says at the end of the movie where you know i i did whatever i had to do to win and i you know could uh, pilot a gunship and drive a tank and you know trusted with million dollars of equipment and then i come home and i can't get a job parking cars yeah. You know, and not only can you not get a job parking cars, but he, he literally he can't walk down the street without you know asshole Brian Denny cops harassing him Brian simply Dennehy. because they don't like his haircut and his jacket, and he you know he hasn't shaved in a couple of days essentially. You know, yeah. Oh man, Brian Dennehy. Right. Let's talk about Brian. Fucking oh, he's Dennehy. so great. He's amazing, and like I think the thing that makes him. You know, it's a real testament to Dennehy in general, but you know that character, Will Will Teasel, is the is the sheriff there. I mean, he could have so easily just been a two dimensional asshole. Right. Again, a lot of those cops are, especially uh, Galt, <laughs> like the the heavyweight uh, older guy who falls out of the helicopter. Yeah. I mean, he is just like He's a just... caricature of a dick cop, basically. Yeah, right. Um, but Dennehy actually kind of brings something else to the table i mean yeah he's certainly a dick to to rambo um and he doesn't give him a shot he doesn't give him a chance and he pushes him and he pushes him but you know you get the sense that you know you know that that maybe this actually comes out of something you know well you get the sense that he's he's proud yeah and he's 
and he sees himself as the protector of this city. Exactly, yeah. And it's his little city. He's he, trying and, to look and, out for his and town. And he's exactly. going to protect it. And yeah. that's his job, and he's the man. And it's because he cares about it. Yeah. And, I mean, and you you do have that scene where he goes to apologize to Troutman in the bar. Right, uh, exactly. And those are, I mean, and that's and the stuff like, that really oh, puts it over the yeah, top he's for an me. actual guy. Yeah. He's just this guy. His scenes with Rambo are really antagonistic. So, like, that, and that's why I always feel like... You know, it feels like that's a character, like, like his character must, you know, probably had some run in with drifters earlier, you know, something like, yeah, probably closer to after Vietnam, um, where, yeah, where, you know, things got tense or things got violent and they had to like run these guys out or whatever. Mm. And so that now it's just like a zero tolerance policy kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, he has that rant about the law Yeah, and he's, and he's, he's very judge dread. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. He's like, I, I mean, he says the law, me. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm the law here. Exactly. Right. Um, which of course gives Stallone the opportunity to say, you're the law out there. <laughs> I'm the law in here. You know, like, great. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, but when you, those scenes with, uh, with, uh, with Troutman and, you know, outside of his interactions with Rambo, yeah, you actually start of sort of feel like he's an actual, he's an actual guy who isn't just a dick for the sake of being a dick. Like he really is trying to, he's trying to look out for this town. He's trying to protect this town. He's trying to do what he thinks is the right or thing. Or at least he's a dick for a reason. Yeah. He's willing to turn a blind eye perhaps to his, uh, you know, more thuggish, uh, subordinates. Mm. But, uh, but you know, he, he still feels like an interesting character to me. Yeah. Um, I we also have to talk about <laughs> R- Rambo's fucking knife, which is <laughs> like the MacGyver of of hunting knives. That thing is awesome. It's got a compass in the butt that unscrews, so he can do a little compass and figure out which direction he's going in. Yep. Uh, and then later he unscrews up, and inside he's got like a needle and thread, so, so he, he can stitch himself up. Yeah, which is crazy. And who? Uh, it makes you wonder what the fuck else is in there i know right i feel like this mary poppins knife you know it's like it just keeps reaching his hand in and like you pull a lampshade out of there at some point it's great and i love that the guy who developed the knife got a credit yeah yeah he gets his own credit like the knife smith gets his own credit at the end of the movie like yeah no that guy earned that credit absolutely yes he did uh how about uh how about fucking stallone's 70s handlebar porn stash in all of the flashbacks <laughs> i love it uh you only you like it's kind of obscured there are like the flashbacks at the beginning where uh you know of him actually sort of like in the as a pow in vietnam and those are pretty fucking harrowing flashbacks i oh, mean yeah. that stuff is all played pretty well yeah um you know pretty straight in that like you know so it's so it's you know, he, he, you, you see the connections. Oh, he, they pull out the razor blade to shave him. Uh, and he sees the knife from when he was held captive. They, they grab him by the, I actually really love the, the part where they yeah. grab him in the chokehold and yep, he feels yep. like he's, it's the, that exact same sensory experience of the mm-hmm. chokehold, uh, from when he's sort of strung up there. Yep. Um, you know, you really, you really see those, those strong connections here and you're like, Oh no, I totally get why he's, it's not just like. Oh, I'm being, you know, amorphously threatened, and therefore I'm snapping. It's like no, there right. are specific no, it's very sensory experience. Yeah, I mean, I thought at the beginning, like the first time, the very first time they did it. Yeah, which um, is like the bars in the window. Right. Yeah. I thought it was a little on the nose. Yeah, it's a little but, bit. Yeah. But then again, I realized that. But he's also not totally out of it at that point. Like, right. It's, it's, it's. I think it's a great. It's like a little mood setter.
better, you know? It's exactly. sort of like, uh, right. uh, I mean, once kind of slowly falling down the right. sled. And yeah. one, once they did it a few times, it fell into rhythm. And it was yeah. okay. But the first one, I was like, oh, And the chokehold is really what puts you over the top. Yes. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, the, the knife thing. And I don't, I, I always have the, in, in, to the point that I actually confused the two, that image of him getting, of the knife going across his chest when mm-hmm. he's uh, in the POW camp. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to remember. Like as we were watching the last time we wa- I had watched the movie, and for some reason, like that that image of the knife going across, across his chest was so strong to me, but I had actually conflated it. I thought it was that the sheriffs actually took his hunting knife and like oh held it up to him. No, they were. Gonna I forgot him, that it they were shaving him. They were going to give him really an awesome innocuous. straight razor shave. I know, right? Service you don't get anymore these no, days. No, never. Said. That was so good. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's a very <laughs> innocuous. Sort Girls of... in New York paying top dollar for this garbage. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but yeah, no. So you get these flashbacks, and you see his incredible like '70s handlebar porn stash. Yes, which is just so great it's disgusting and you it, it's a little obscured because he's all dirty and sweaty and bloody and shit in the in the flashbacks oh but it's there and well you get to really see it uh in the deleted scenes on the dvd there's like a really weird flashback <laughs> sequence of like just him in a bar in vietnam nipples. yeah it's just him it's basically him fucking it's, a vietnamese lady well they, they had to it was the 80s so nipples there had to be tits yeah <laughs> like it's that's it was a, it was a rule it was it, a law back i mean then. it's not right well i am the law uh, it's, <laughs> exactly it's, it's not right it's just the way the 80s were yeah no that's just how it worked and i i'm actually really gl- I, I i give the movie credit mm-hmm. for cutting that out yeah no absolutely it, it added absolutely nothing. nothing nothing at all and but you can see his porn stash really clearly well yes <laughs> and the fact that the whole scene is just him fucking a vietnamese lady with a 70s porn stash is just unbelievable it's disgusting <laughs> it's great um i also think it's really interesting uh and you don't know this because you didn't see them but uh the first two i think uh expendables movies he has the exact same mustache he has the exact same – definitely the second one. I think the first one, too. The mm. third one's the only one where he's clean-shaven. I think the first one, he just has a regular mustache. The second one, he has a full-on handlebar mustache. And it, it's the exact same mustache well, as in the cutscenes. It's well, great. That, that's terrible. I know. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, I would do that. Um, do you? Th- speaking of the deleted scenes, mm. I, I mean, I, I certainly have never seen those before. Yeah. I think this was written for him to die at the end. I kind of do too. I I don't know how the novel ends. I'd be curious to see how the novel ends. And I think they realized, you know what? Maybe we can make more movies. It's possible. I I I don't know if they necessarily saw more movies coming out of it. Um, I think perhaps they just because you know you watch the deleted scene. There's just yeah. There's a del- there's an alternate ending in which Rambo dies at the end. You know he gives this whole uh, impassioned monologue about uh you know all the things he went through in Vietnam and his friends dying around him and stuff. And you know that monologue it's haunting yeah i mean like part of me wants to kind of chuckle at it because you know stallone is he's got an acting ceiling let's well, say well, like, he's got a dramatic ceiling you, you, in his acting you can't understand what he's saying for no, a bunch of it but no. it doesn't matter no exactly and that's the thing yeah. like there's the the like you know uh snarky 12 year old version of me that wants to like laugh at it right but no like you mean even just us watching it right now it's like once he really gets into it 
it's like you know you don't even like, you can hear a pin drop in the room while we were watching it it's like it just commands your attention oh yeah um it's it's a really it's a really great monologue it's this whole story about uh his buddy who you know was basically killed by a suicide bomber in vietnam this kid with a shine box and and yeah no he's he's really good i mean it's it's some pretty good still vintage stallone stuff yeah. i mean it's you want to laugh only because you know it's, it's stallone well yeah he sounds like stallone and like i said you can barely understand what he's saying i mean Actually, you can barely understand what he's saying anyway but in life but uh yeah it's i mean he's crying and like screaming so it's only sobbing. exacerbates it actually that was one of my favorite parts of this movie was at the beginning yeah the very 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 beginning oh with the when he goes to see the family yeah yeah and you can hear you can understand exactly what he's saying yeah i was like is he putting a voice on <laughs> was this all dubbed you know. is this like hercules in new york <laughs> uh no no yeah I, I actually i love that scene i mean i think it goes on a I've, little I've, I've never seen that scene before. oh yeah yeah well, that was new to me i think it goes on just a little long in that like <laughs> i got his writing yeah he's like here's i got his, his handwriting here's a picture of him it's like he's got to show him like triplicate forms of identification yeah. i got a birth certificate social security number like how many more different ways do you need yeah. to prove to this lady hanging the laundry that you knew her son it's like ridiculous but no it's a great scene though yeah and he's he's excellent in it um but yeah no so so the ending yeah he so he delivers this whole this whole impassioned monologue about all of his friends dying and he gets very dramatic um and then yeah in the alternate ending he just sort of gets up and he goes over to troutman and he hand he takes out the gun and he's like you know i can't go to prison and i can't keep dealing i can't deal with this shit anymore um so you know you trained me you you made me you need to kill me um and actually i think that's actually a really nice moment too in that you know he puts a gun in troutman's hand and points it at himself and then troutman isn't going to shoot him he takes the he moves the gun away and then rambo just sort of grabs him and sort of forces the trigger uh and essentially kills himself with Troutman's hand. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, that's a great moment. It, it actually plays really well, but as the end of that movie, man, that's fucking dark. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing. Like, that's probably a great example of, you know, like you screen that and the audience goes, yeah, no, we really like this movie except for the end, man, way too dark. Like everybody walks out of that movie, like sad and depressed and like, fuck everything. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I like, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's possible, but I don't buy that it would be that it was just like a craven sort of cash grab. Like we could turn this into a franchise because what mm, I think, fair enough, fair enough. What I think is that people walked out of this movie sort of taking the wrong lesson from this movie. You know, um, I think people walked out of this movie being like, you know, this is a movie, a, a serious movie dealing with serious issues that really affected real world people. Mm-hmm. And I think what everybody walked out of that movie, like ranting about was the 10 minute sequence when he first gets into the woods and all the cops are there chasing him before they call in the state police, and the national guard. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the monster movie sequence. Yeah. He you know, does all predator on them. Yeah, exactly. He's like built jungle traps and he hunts them down. He picks them all off one by one. And that's a great sequence. So oh, it's yeah. like stuff where the, you know, there's a guy and he's like walking quietly, like through the trees and then suddenly Stallone just jumps out from under a bush and he's been there the whole he's been in the shot the whole time and you don't even know it yeah um like that stuff is that's an incredible incredible sequence yeah and I think 
that's the thing everybody walked out of that movie being like, like, oh man, a, that a, part was great. What a badass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the studio heads went, oh, well, what, about, what if we just made a whole movie that's like that, man? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, like I said, pe- people take the wrong lesson from this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, and that's the thing. Like I said, that's the conception that everybody has of, of Rambo now because that's what the second and the third well, the and same, the fourth movie is. the same thing that happened with is. Rocky. Yeah. It's the same thing that happened with Rocky. Yeah, but I think Rocky has more of a, uh, I mean, part of it is because there are six movies but Rocky has more of a slow progression whereas like the first Rocky movie and I think it's a regression well yeah but I mean each one sort of builds like it's a sort of a logical step from the one that precedes it you know like that five well no I don't even think that's yeah well yeah the fifth one is a pretty stark departure from the fourth one um but the sixth one is basically a better version of the fifth one. Right. You know? Right. Um, which much is, better. Which is why much, everybody likes it. Much better yeah. version of the fifth um, one. And that's the thing. I mean, and I, and I honestly, I think that's probably a big a big part of the reason why people, or why nobody likes the fifth one. Especially if you're watching them in sequence. And I'll be curious to see how it feels when we actually sort of watch them all in a row. Well, nobody likes the fifth one because it sucks. Well, I'd say I've only watched the one time. Like, I need to actually figure out how King bad it really is. Yeah, there's Tommy, fake Don King and, and, and Don, and Don, Don Tommy, Tommy Gunn. Gunn. Yeah, you never, you never fight a street fighter. Something. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's. I think people at that point like Rocky Four hugely popular well because it's awesome every but but i mean like at the time like every i mean and look that movie is so of the time in which it was made you know that movie is timeless <laughs> that movie is oh, timeless no no no. you are incorrect sir no, that movie is no. of a moment no it's timeless no 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 that movie is the epitome of everything going on in movies at the moment that it was made <laughs> and when you remove yourself 20 years and then look back and you go oh man that shit's hilarious look at what they were doing it's ridiculous like i don't know if that movie plays as well like 30 or 40 years from now you know do you think star trek 6 is gonna be that way is it that way already star trek 6 yeah no i think 6 is just good i've always been a fan of 6 yeah what's it about the cold war okay and that is what Rocky Four is about, but it's not about the subject what's, matter, though. The, what What's uh, weird about Starch uh, about Rocky Four is not the subject matter; it's the style in which it's presented. The style in which it's presented is awesome. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. how dare you, sir? <laughs> how small you've become. <laughs> no, I'm look. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it again. I'm it's really so looking good. forward to watching all it's of so them again. Um, but it's, I mean, look, I, my recollection of Rocky Four, and it's, look, it's been a while. I've seen it a couple of times, but it's been a while since I watched it. My recollection Dolph of Rocky Lundgren, Four. Dolph Lundgren. There's Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren and, is, he, he's the peck that yes. launched a thousand ships. And then it's just a series of uh, montages. It the whole just movie goes from, is a montage. It just goes from one musical montage to another with very little dialogue. It's like nine, It's like 80 minutes and there's like 50 lines in the whole movie. Do you really want to watch Dolph Lundgren? Or Sylvester Stallone speak. Yeah, kind of. I want to. I would love to watch the two of them like soliloquize against each other. That'd be amazing. Well, they. I must break you. I mean, <laughs> and what more? What more can you ask what, for? Right. I mean. No, like I'm. Look, I'm very much looking forward to it. We're. we're, we're we got to dig into this. I'm ready, I'm, man. I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, Rocky has great music. I think this music is also really good. <laughs> Speaking uh, of of a moment, yeah, when that song comes on at the end, wow, yeah, <laughs> wow, that fucking final song, the long road, is that what it is? Something the road like is that. long. The road is long. The long oh road. my god, Look it at is Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, 
but no, his score I think is actually really great. It's that it's very like it, it ratchets up all the tension because you're right. Without the music, it's there's a lot of boring shit. Like, like yeah. the whole thing where he's in the cave digging through the cans looking for fuel. Do you realize how long that goes on? Yeah, no, forever. In fact, I was thinking about it. The middle stretch of that movie is a little slow. Um, you know, there's like there's you know the beginning stuff where he's harassed by the cops and then when he breaks out that part's all really good mm -hmm. uh let's talk about that chase scene by the way the chase scene is awesome the off-roading chase <laughs> I, scene. I turned to david and i go it's got cop shocks cop <laughs> motors <laughs> it's a model before catalytic converters so, so it'll run, run good, good on regular, regular gas. gas no it's it's yeah no it's like he, he goes off on a motorcycle and denny's chasing in a cop car and they're both of those vehicles are just doing things where you're like that shouldn't be able to do that. Well, I mean, at least he's on a dirt bike. Yeah, no, the dirt bike, I'm willing to give it a lot of leeway. <laughs> but that Denny, he should have flipped his car like four times before he actually, actually flipped his it, car. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that stuff's all really exciting. And then, yeah, like him picking off the cops. And that whole sequence is like, that's like a monster movie. It actually kind of reminded me of that first sequence uh, in Batman Begins, when mm -hmm. like at the, at the docks there, yeah. which is also, it's like, it's shot like a monster movie. It's like, you almost, you can't. You can't see him in a bunch of shots. Yep. And he just sort of comes and he grabs guys and guys go down one at a time until then he's like, suddenly he's the last guy standing and he doesn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. um, God, I haven't watched Batman Begins in a long time. It's, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, and then, yeah, once he, once he gets uh, blown, once the mind blows, you know, the, the bit with the, with the weekend the, warriors, with the, with the, the bazooka and Bruce Greenwood. Yeah. Bruce Greenwood as a random national guardsman named number Bruce. Yeah. Number five. Yeah. Guardsman number five, AKA Bruce, uh, which is really great. And I remember the first time, I think it was the first time I watched it. Uh, I think I had just, I just watched something with him in it. And you're like, is that so, Bruce yeah. Greenwood? And it's like, it's like he has Pause one it. line of dialogue, and it, yeah, he has like one in focus, not even a close up, but just sort of like the camera racks focus to his face. And I was like, ah, oh, I think that's Bruce Greenwood. And they definitely just called him Bruce, which totally feels like a, this character doesn't have a name. What's that actor's name? Let's call him Bruce. Yep. Uh, like, I, I was, I was, that was one of those, like, I was really proud of myself for having picked that out the first time I watched it. And Caruso. Da and David Caruso. I did not. I would not have recognized him. He's pretty damn young. Greenwood, I recognized his face, but I couldn't place it because it was so quick. Yeah. And then you said it. I was like, yeah. what? Well, but, and Caruso, I think, is interesting because Caruso, I mean, certainly now we think like of 18. Caruso as being, like, a crazy person. As being, like, a guy who's, like, completely over the top and ridiculous. I just I just think of him as saying all of his lines over his shoulder. I know, right? Yeah. And in this one, my he's... dad does a great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see your dad's David Caruso. Oh man, we give him it's a so pair of funny. sunglasses and it's watch him do so it. Good. Oh man, uh, but no, I mean he's a little, he's a little broad. He's a little, uh, he's very, he's very expressive in this movie. Mm -hmm. But he's also kind of like the voice of sanity in this movie. He's like the one guy who's like, hey man, maybe we shouldn't be threatening the Vietnam vet with PTSD. Like this guy's kind of fucked up, and he's a soldier. Maybe we should cut him a break i don't know how to tell you this he's shaggy he, like shaggy and scooby mm -hmm. think about it <laughs> please elaborate what did shaggy do in every single episode of scooby -Doo? i don't know guys <laughs> maybe we should get out of here exactly it's <laughs> a fair point <laughs> it's he's shaggy uh and, yeah and fucking brian dennehy was that guy with the neck scarf uh, Freddy, Fred, <laughs> fucking Fred, Freddie Prince Jr. Everybody hated that guy. That's the first time I think anyone has ever likened Brian Denny to Freddie Prince Jr. For the record, <laughs> only on the Daily Screening podcast will you find this kind of cutting, insightful analysis. <laughs> 
So speaking of Rocky Four and being very of the period, I think there's some great sort of, you know, old school, like a uh, little throwback bits in that, like, uh, for example, the mullet. Well, I was gonna say when they, well, the hairstyles and the fashion, <laughs> notwithstanding, uh, Brian Dennehy's jacket. That, by the way, that, that coat is awesome. That coat is amazing. I want that coat now. It's incredible. It's got my big fur line collars and shit. My dad has a coat that is similar to that. I believe that wholeheartedly. I don't. I'm not gonna say that he's the one who bought it. <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, like there's. Oh, we gotta. Uh, let's see if we can look up his record. I'll run it through the teletype. That's oh, that a, was that's, great. That's that's all. Like, oh, the teletype. That's fantastic. I'll run it through the teletype. Yeah. Um. There's uh, Kinky I, Winky. Wow. I also really like the uh, <laughs> the old guy with the dogs when they go out hunting. Oh, uh, he's awesome. It's like, oh yeah, no. It's like it's not like they have police dogs. It's like no. no, we call old Elmer and his fucking hound dogs, and we get him to help us chase down the fugitive. You Dobermans. Know? Dobermans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, something about that is just so like small town '80s endearing. To I want to, I want to go back and listen to all that guy's lines. <laughs> I feel like every single thing he said was pithy. I think his hilarious. name was Orville. I think his name was Orville, which is even better. That's Elmer's a- good. Orville's way better though. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy's pretty great. The, uh, he gets shot in the leg, mm-hmm. uh, and they have to make a tourniquet with his with the belt. I also really like... And then they leave him there. They do! He just... I, I assume that guy bled out in the woods somewhere. Yeah. With a belt around his leg. Well, they said you gotta loosen it every... Every so 15 often. minutes. Right. And yeah, they, I don't think that guy then, was up to the task. And then they just left him there. Yeah. Uh, the Well, and that, that actually reminds me. The other thing, you know, the other... like You, you mentioned it earlier. The mm-hmm. other, like, enduring image of Rambo is... The bandana, mm-hmm. right? He's got the bandana around his around his head, and in the you'll see it. I remember it in the I think in the, I'm pretty sure in the second movie. In one of certainly them, in the third movie, it's red. It's because it's yeah. a piece of the girl's dress or something, right? And it's right. but it's also like it's a I think that's the second one. It's like a big dramatic moment where he like you know he's like yeah, shooting right. up and he like puts it on. And he like tight. You get the close up of him like tightening the knot. And he yeah. turns around all slow and dramatic. He has the bandana in this movie. Yeah. And it's out of necessity. It's not a style choice. It's not to make him look like a badass. It's because he gets fucking shot in the head. Rambo gets grazed in the forehead at the very beginning. Denny, when he's down in the bottom of the gorge, and yeah. Denny, he's up in the top of the canyon, and they they all start shooting at him. He gets grazed in the head, and he falls down. And so he literally has a bandana on his head to keep him from bleeding. Mm-hmm. And it starts out brown, and it ends up red because it's covered in blood. Right. Which is, you know, it's like again, it's like everybody taking the wrong lesson from this movie. It's mm-hmm. everyone going like, oh, he's got a fucking bandana, and he's fucking shooting people, and he's got a big ass gun, and <laughs> how great is that? It's like. No man, like no. that's not. That's not, not what that's, you weren't supposed to glorify <laughs> no, that shit. A, that gas station explosion is pretty great. That was pretty. See, okay. also kind of needless, but a lot. Kind of great. A lot of the things are needless. Yeah. Like, why is Rambo attacking the town? Yeah. I, instead of just leaving. It's true. It feels like he should be able to get out of there. He he does. He literally drives that that army truck like back into over the, the town. bridge into town where then he drove him out at the beginning, which I also think is sort of a nice sort of symmetry there. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. He certainly had plenty of options to escape. Uh and which again, I think you're right in you know, it feels like that's leading to the this movie has to end with Rambo dying, you know? Like It's I mean, the only way I can you know, lend it any credence. It's like, oh, he's taking his last stand. Yeah, exactly. On life. Yeah. On everything. 
Yeah, he's, he realizes he's... And he he's, wants to go down in a he's fight. He's hit a point of no return. That even right. if he escapes... I mean, granted, you know, it's the 80s. I feel like it was probably easier to Escape. go on a killing spree in, in Oregon and, you know, hitchhike to Wisconsin and they'd never fucking find him, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it does. It does feel like... <laughs> Give me a status update on Facebook. I <laughs> just blew up this fucking town. <laughs> Selfie. Yeah. yeah, right. But, no, I mean, yeah, it, it, it feels, yeah, like... Like, it was the movie is really sort of mounting towards him needing to have, like, a big final ending where he says, no, fuck it. Like, I can't – exactly like it says in that in that deleted scene, you know, in that alternate ending. I, you know, I can't go to prison. I can't keep living like this. I don't have a, a life to go to. And, you know, I, I just I, – it needs to be over. And he's looking, he's looking for, for entry. And it's almost – it's, you know, it's that whole suicide by cop thing. It's like, well, if I blow up the gas station – and I take down all the power lines, and I shoot the fucking sheriff station with an M80. They have to take me out, right? Right, which they would have. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I mean, and I think especially when you look at the sort of structure of that deleted scene, um, where it's literally, like I said, he gives that monologue, and then Trout, he tries to get Troutman to shoot him, and then, uh, you know, in the actual ending, well, Troutman just doesn't th- shoot him. Well, the other thing is that I wonder how they would have cut it all together. Yeah. Because... I'm not entirely convinced. I think it just would have ended with that close-up of him dead against the cabinet. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. Is is so he? There's the monologue in the movie, in the right. actual movie, where he's crying and you can't understand what he's saying. Right. But in the cut scene, yeah. with Troutman, he's dead calm, not crying, not right. anything. He's not crying, but he is in that same position. He's, so well, no, I, he's standing up. No, he starts lying on the floor against the file cabinet. Does he get up? Yeah, and he oh, gets okay. up at the beginning. Oh, so right. I think it. You go from that monologue to you know like a close-up of Troutman, Troutman which then, i think is what you see right and then and then you cut back to him and, and, and the kill me and... and then it ends with a shot of him dead against the file cabinets whereas instead they just basically cut it a little earlier yeah. and they do probably like you know a one day two day pickup of him getting marched out of the sheriff's office the next morning in handcuffs and walking away yeah and, i mean that movie does end when you think about it like very awkwardly it's very well, it was just really abrupt because yeah. when you think about it that monologue that like tearful i could barely understand what you're saying monologue that's the last dialogue in the whole movie sure he gives this monologue and then you know uh richard krenna looks at him and 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 then they march him silently out of the building and then the movie just the credits roll mm-hmm. so it's with it is, a song yeah with that song so it's weird in that there's no like there's no actual it, it, closure it feels like yeah it feels like you need like a button on the end of that movie it feels like you need a last line that you don't really get Which so it's it does reek of like reshoots of like hastily put together like we can't end this movie on a fucking downer let's at least try and put some kind of hope at the end of this movie yeah Um, and I don't think it doesn't work um, but it does it does feel really awkward well I don't remember it catches me off guard every time I watch I don't remember how First Blood two Rambo that's what it's called right yeah I don't know how that one begins I don't remember. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, we will. I I have a vague recollection, but no, I don't not not strong like, enough that I could feel like saying it out loud right now. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I have an idea we'll of see, how it probably we'll see begins. next week. It probably for begins sure. the way every action yeah. movie of the time began. That is true. Um, speaking of which, we never did finish. Speaking of Vietnam, an awkward <laughs> and awkward flashbacks. Y- y- yes, we never did do any more of those Chuck Norris ones. I know they're still on the damn shelf. We really got to watch those because <laughs> that first one. Oh, I know we got to watch the prequel to that one for fuck's oh, sake. Oh, that's right. That was a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, barring Chuck Norris, uh, I think it's time for Heart of the Ghostbusters. Who's yes. your drinking buddy? Who's the guy you want to hang with in this movie? Yeah. 
I'll, I'll leave it to you, sir. Well, I, I mean, there's the obvious choice. Barring think, Stallone, there's the obvious choice. I, and I think I gotta... Well, see, here's the thing. Yeah. There are a couple people that I'm weighing for very, very different reasons. Okay. I'm, I'm weighing David Caruso. Yeah. Because, fine, fine choice. Because he's not a dick. Yeah. Like... <laughs> He's kind of goofy, He's but... He's kind of goofy yeah. and young, uh-huh. but, but all right. Not quite idealistic, but... Uh, not, but not a hopeless dick. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. There's Bruce Greenwood, obviously. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> His one look of panic. Right, but I don't I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. Uh, the guy who runs the drugstore who orders the bazooka thing. <laughs> there's him, but he might be kind of a dick, too. Yeah, I think he's kind of a dick. Uh, there's Brian Dennehy. Yeah. Brian Denny, he feels like a very valid choice here. Like I said, I mean, he's certainly he's he's not a nice guy, but he doesn't feel like you know beyond redemption. You right. know, but it feels like you catch him in the right mood, he would actually be a lot of fun to drink with. Right, you know? but if you catch him in the wrong mood, he'll yeah. arrest you for no goddamn reason. Right, exactly. Um, and so for that reason, he's a, I think an automatic DQ for, okay. for me anyway. Okay. And so the person I'm going to go with is, of course. Colonel Troutman. Absolutely. He's got to be Troutman. He's, gotta be He's Troutman. got all the best lines in this whole movie. He does. I think Stallone, like, I think he's probably got less than 20 lines in the whole movie. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's got a bunch of dialogue at the beginning. He's got the scene with the with the uh, the, the mother at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's got a couple of lines with Dennehy. And then at that point, like he literally, he shuts down and he intent, you know, Rambo stops talking to everybody. And then he really just has the radio. He has the scene with, he has the, yeah, he has the scene with the radio with Troutman and then the monologue at the end. So, okay. So he might have like, might have like 80 lines of dialogue in this whole movie, but really he has like four or five scenes essentially. Right. Considering that he's on camera for almost the whole movie. Um, that's kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, but you're right. I mean, the whole the middle of the movie is really it kind of drags. Like it's it's him alone in the mine, and he's wandering around, and without Goldsmith's like dun 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 dun, dun music, like yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot more dull. Like you can kind yeah. of phase out a little bit in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, Troutman's Troutman's the best. He's got all the best lines of dialogue. He is just like uh, charisma personified. You know, you know what the thing is. In my head, even yeah. at, we just watched this. Yeah, we just watched it, mm-hmm. and in my head, I kind of think that he belongs in the A team. Oh sure, you you see what I mean? Yeah, there, no, he totally little, falls in that. Yeah, there, there's like a like I feel like you could have a great pithy dialogue between him and uh, what's his name? Um, face? No, not face. Smith. Smith. Oh, I was going to say, Hannibal, I feel Hannibal, like he Hannibal. could have been a Hannibal, Hannibal Smith. That's what I'm saying. Like, in, in my head, I, I'm getting the two characters can. Yeah, no, confused. he feels like George Papard a little bit. A little He's bit. He's got a little Papardy to him. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah. So that's my drinking buddy. Yeah, no, I mean it's no, it's got to be. It's, it's got to be. I mean, he's got that awesome entrance. I know, right? <laughs> he's just standing there in his fucking green beret. Oh God, he's so good. I made him. You didn't make. God didn't make him. I, I made it. Like that's <laughs> like I want to walk into a bar one day. I know, right? Like, just, and he's got a, he's got such a great voice too. Oh, like, yeah. oh, oh yeah. man, it's just uh, you don't they don't build him like that anymore. Nope. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
well, I think I think that just about wraps us up. Pretty this much brings another, us up to date. And pretty much brings us up to date. This is another short entry. Uh, next week, uh, there's a lot of bullshit on that counter. Mm. Next week, we'll be talking First Blood Part 2, or Rambo First Blood Part 2. That would is, be, is it Rambo colon? It's first Rambo blood? colon First Blood Part 2. Oh. It's not, it's not First Blood Part 2 colon Rambo? No, it's Rambo colon First Blood Part 2. Followed by Rambo 3, followed by Rambo. Makes followed, sense, right? Followed by Rambo Resurrection. Yeah, exactly. And Rambo versus Predator. Hopefully Rambo Last Blood. That's That seems to be oh, the rumor. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. I know. The rumor seems to be that this new movie that Stallone wants to do will be called Rambo Last Blood. I, I God, I hope that's true. I think they'll kill him. I Well, it, you know, and it's funny because, we, you know, when you draw the comparison to Rocky, Stallone wanted to kill Rocky a couple of times as well. He wanted the original ending of Rocky Five is that Rocky dies in the street fight. Um, Tommy Gunn, yeah. Tommy Gunn kills Rocky. Yeah. Hell no. I know. Um, it doesn't work. I don't think they ever shot that ending. I think that was written, and I don't think they ever shot it. Goddamn um, right. But no, he. I mean, he wanted to kill Rocky, uh, and I. You know, I think I said he wanted to kill. He wanted to kill Rambo. I. You know, part of me wouldn't be surprised. It's not like he can keep playing this character for much longer oh don't tell him that yeah i know uh so i part of me would not be surprised if they especially if it if it's really called last blood i kind of expect that they'll kill him at the end um i really hope we get the version where he fights a fucking mutant creature beast thing i really want that to be i hope an he ends up movie. in space with machete well that would be fine as well i would be okay with I was, that i was thinking back to watching that the just the other day I was yeah listening to it again i was thinking about it and i was like how did that really do all the things that it did that movie that movie actually happened yeah and i i wish more action movies would do that <laughs> no seriously because i feel like after a while you you exhaust all the tropes yeah and there's only so much that an action franchise can do mm-hmm. and the only thing that you can do then is to send it way out in the left field <laughs> like like forget about the foul line this shit is gone yeah and uh take them to space well, look, I would be nothing, I would be fine with Rambo in space for the there record. There's nothing like Danny Trejo in a spacesuit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's true. Just period. Yeah. Um, Mexican laborers and Mexican laborers in space. Because if you're going to build a space station, you might as well get Mexican day laborers. It's so terrible. Because it's always daytime in space. So next week we'll definitely be talking First Blood Ram. I can't even get it right. Next week, we'll definitely be talking Rambo colon First, first Blood, Blood Part, Part 2, two yeah. and probably something else. Yeah. Um, watch the watch the website for whatever that is. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, as always, follow along on the blog, dailyscreening.com, uh, or you can follow me on uh, on Twitter, at Daily Screening, uh, as well as Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and then, of course, you can listen to the podcast uh, here on iTunes, uh, as well as on SoundCloud. Uh, and uh, rate us and review us so other people can find this thing as well. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening. We certainly had fun talking. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Tomorrow.